2: now
4: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Livestream. If you wouldn't mind, I screwed up earlier, or Rumble screwed up, rather, and I shared an incorrect link, so I had to delete the stream, start all over, delete all my posts, telling everybody where to go for tonight's show, so please do me a favor and share it, because it literally showed up on Rumble, like, minutes minutes before we went live. Joining me once more tonight, Dr. Narco Longo of Old World, Florida. Get your questions ready. We're going to be continuing our conversation about humanity's hidden history. If you also wouldn't mind, please hit that like button as you're making your way in. If you're on Odyssey, hit the flame. If you're on the foxhole, hit the red pill. Sure appreciate it. All right. Do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here. And we have a few minutes, actually, before Dr. Longo is able to join us. He is uh, in an engagement until 9 p.m., just a moment ago. And so he should be here at any moment. In the meantime, I wanted to show you guys what I and my neighbor have been working on here at my house. I'm super proud of it. We redid my fireplace, and I kind of want to get the opinion of the audience, see what you guys think. Okay, without further ado, here it is. Okay, so image on the left. This is the finalized fireplace here. We installed this kind of uh, slate, gray slate tile, this stacked stone, um, I guess, what do you call it? Tile, some kind of tile on the front, and it goes all the way around the sides. You can see that over here. And then we hand-built this slatted wood wall. Now, if you were to purchase a slatted wood wall from uh, like a carpenter or like a company that makes these things, They cost hundreds of dollars per square foot, but we made this by hand. So I had the brilliant idea of ordering these individual slats because they were pretty cheap when you got them on their own and then finishing them and then uh, laying a felt backing on the wood and then we screwed them into the board and then we put it up and uh, that is like four individual pieces and the way that it lays, it completely hides wherever the seams are. So I- I'm super proud of this. I think this is awesome. This is also a uh, a walnut... Um, It's not a hearth. The hearth is down here. This is a walnut mantle. This is a walnut mantle here. And uh, that's one whole piece of walnut. That thing weighs a a lot. But anyways, I I was pretty stoked uh, about getting this finished finally. This is uh, one of the things that we've been working on in the background here. And uh, let me see. 30 degrees Celsius in Sydney today. Yeah, it's generally pretty warm in Florida. But you walk into the house and you see this first of of all. I mean, I feel like this is just instantly... Upgrading a a major part of this. It used to just be just like this plain white tile. If you guys ever, ever been in like a, just a basic Florida house, you know, they get those beige tiles. They put them in the floor, they put them on the wall. They're everywhere. That's exactly what it looked like. And so we were able to do this. The Bay Theater, Dave, here's the thing, you know, we, we, there's no furnace, you know, I mean, like if you, you sometimes you need to get warm. I mean, it gets down to freezing sometimes. Doesn't happen all that often. A couple of nights out of the year, but. You know, I mean, I figure that, uh, you know, why look at something just basic when I could really jazz up the house and give it uh, a pretty sweet look? Okay. Well, it looks like most people understand and they think it's pretty cool. All right. So let me see about pulling up some, let me see. I wanted to pull up an article. Hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Okay. So as we're waiting for Dr. Longo, let me just hide that right there. Okay. Okay the wood slats um they're made from something called tiger wood um i wanted to do it in like teak but teak is super expensive and uh tiger wood was a lot more affordable so uh yeah it's it's called tiger wood and then uh it's finished in with something called ipe oil uh ipe oil is some kind of oil i mean i guess it's kind of like teak oil on a, 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 i don't know they they told me that this is what they put on here um, Unix Reactor says, I'm in Tampa and I don't have heat, just straight AC. Yeah, there's, I think there's like a heat pump in there. So like, you could pump out heat, but like, basically it's always just AC Two it's just AC. Um, I got rid of my space heaters when I moved down here because I didn't think I was ever going to need them again. It's gotten colder here than I anticipated it would, but overall Uh, this is, this, you know, it's, it's, I like, I like having a fireplace. I I like being able to have a fire when I want to. And, uh, we have had fires on a number of different occasions. So it's really come in handy. All right. So Joe Biden getting asked about his classified document scandal uh, by someone in the mainstream media. I thought this was a uh, just a a landmark day. And Joe Biden was not happy about it. This was a one on one interview with ABC's David Muir. Uh, Generally, someone who I think is fairly he gives him a pass, let's say He, he, he doesn't he doesn't push the White House on too many things. But Joe Biden had it when they got through the conversation. They talked about Russia. They talked about China. They talked about Ukraine. They talked about the possibility of nuclear war, because no matter what you think, we are truly on the verge of a possible nuclear war with Russia. Uh, And the one thing that got him so angry that he couldn't continue was the story about his classified documents. So let's go ahead and listen to Joe Biden's reaction to being confronted on something that I think a lot of Americans are very interested in trying to understand.
5: Let me ask you one of the immediate questions uh, if and when you do announce that you're running again. Uh, you and the former president are both now. Well, first of all, look at his face. Look at how how
4: how happy he is. Joe Biden knows that he's amongst friends at this point. And so when David Muir kicks him while he's down, uh, he really, really
5: freaks out. ...investigation by the Justice Department for the discovery of these classified documents. I know that you believe these two cases are very different. But I do remember something you said after the discovery at Mar-a-Lago. You said, I thought data that was in there may compromise sources and methods and names of people who help, and it's just totally irresponsible. Can you assure the American people that none of the documents discovered in your garage or at your old office, compromised sources or methods or U.S. intelligence?
6: I've been advised by the counsel, let the Justice Department make that decision, to not try to alter the case in any way. There have been very few documents.
4: Is it just me or is Joe Biden looking puffy? It looks like maybe he hasn't gotten some sleep. Maybe it's because he's had some filler or some kind of a procedure on his face above the neck, but... Kinda, he, he's looking a little thicker than he normally does, and um, I don't know what that's about. Some people might say he's a clone. I don't know.
6: Have been confiscated, found in my possession that were in other than. I mean, in my possession, meaning in my home, all the stuff that was moved out of my Senate office over the years. I'm told there were a couple things that were from 1973 or 74 documents were marked classified. I don't know of anything. And maybe I don't know of anything that is marked like it was, you know, top secret, highly, you know, et cetera. But I, I, I'm told not to comment on that because I don't even know what they are able to, what what, what they confiscated.
5: There are many who will understand why you can't comment, why your lawyers are saying uh, not to comment. They also saw you, though, comment on former President Trump. And and so at the very least...
6: Because, look, here's what they were showing. You guys were showing on television things lying on the ground. that said top secret, national," you know, uh, code word. And the difference is every single solitary thing I've been asked to do, I've done voluntarily. Uh,
7: Okay, I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> I said, okay, the way that I, the reason that I believe this is truly his face is because he has that Botox forehead. In the very center, it doesn't move. But then when he raises his eyebrows, it only raises over there on the edges. And he's probably had a lot of surgery. It looks like there may be a surgical scar right here, perhaps where he's had some hair implanted maybe from the back of his head. Maybe that's why he's got that doll hair. It kind of grows longer in the back. <clears throat> uh, but then, um, yeah. So I think that that's going on, and uh, you know, that puffiness could be related to another surgery, may, perhaps some more Botox injections. I don't know.
6: Invited the Justice Department to come into every aspect of any place that I had any control of. There, there was no need for search warrants. Were no need. Well, what do you need? Just come. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Wherever you want to go, you can go.
4: By the way, President Trump did that, too. President Trump actually had the FBI and the DOJ out at his house, and they saw, they knew what was in his possession, and yet still they went and filed that search warrant and went and raided his home. They didn't do that to Joe Biden, even though it was the exact same type of scenario, although actually, let's be honest, it was much worse with Joe Biden because he had documents going back 30, 40 years. This man was a, a treasure trove of classified and top-secret documents in special
5: access program intelligence. It was totally different. But that, that one word you used, when you when you hear about boxes in your garage or in your old office, you, you called the Trump discovery irresponsible. Is there something irresponsible here, though, too? Oh, yeah. Uh,
6: you know, you're a good lawyer, but you're trying to make a, a comparison. What... There's degrees of responsibility that are they can be significant degrees of responsibility. What the way in which the boxes were packed up for my office, apparently not everything was gone through as meticulously as it should have.
4: Wait a second. How is that any different? How is that any different from what may have happened with President Trump's files? OK, because it sounds like the the, the files in Trump's possession well, first of all, the ones that were not specifically declassified may have just gotten thrown in there. You're, you're, you're packing up a White House on a weekend. All right. There's a lot of boxes to take. Is everybody doing the most meticulous job? No, because they're all out of a job in 24 hours. But it's the exact same scenario. So
6: for Joe Biden to try to weasel his way out of there, he was like, hey, you're a good lawyer. But there was no intention. I opened up my home, all my homes. My home, the home of the beach and the home that I, uh, my permanent home. And they spent hours and hours going through everything, personal, everything I had. And that's a fundamentally different thing. There's nothing for me to hide.
4: Uh, He he really was not ready for David Muir to press him on that issue. Joe Biden is just so used to being able to do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants, uh, and essentially just get away with it all right anyways we've got dr narco longo here with us now so we're gonna bring in narco and we sh- Oops, honey oh my dog my dog's at the door hold on hold on, hold on uh let me let me put you on on screen narco say hello to the audience howdy how's it going Okay. All right. Welcome back to the show, dude. So good to see you again. Thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it.
8: Yeah, man. Good to be back, Zach.
4: Awesome. Good to see you. Awesome. So uh, I kind of wanted to uh, begin today um, by uh, by addressing some of the comments I saw on, uh, on the last show. It seems like Not people, really. there were some people who really took offense or maybe they were just angry uh, about the idea that eden could potentially be here in southern florida and i mean i don't know am i am i missing something was there some other like official location of eden that was found on earth i saw someone mention something about iran and i just i wondered if you if you had come across that in your research i must i'm a bad christian i guess if i didn't if i missed this one
8: (laughs) so so i mean yeah if you're going off of the uh sunday school You know, history, then yeah, they're going to place Eden and pretty much all of the Old Testament in the small area of Iran, Iraq, maybe a little Syria, a little Lebanon, and Egypt, of course, um, with the Old Testament. But as far as Eden, yeah, Iran, Iraq, really, Iraq, probably.
4: So. (laughs) because i i was so, i was obviously aware that you know i mean the, the the middle east in general i mean that's the the setting for the bible but i i guess no one ever taught me that eden was supposed to have been there too like it was always taught to me that you know the the true garden of eden it was never known you know we didn't know where it was and you know man and and, and woman spread out from there
8: mm-hmm. well you know when you consider noah's journey Noah, a lot of people think that the flood only lasted 40 days. That's not true. Yeah, The flood was at least a minimum of 150 days. Okay, so 40 days of rain and water. And I'd like to remind the listeners, okay, the, the uh, floors opened up and the water came up from below mm-hmm. in the flood. So it was raining, but what made this flood special was that the the seal was broken, so to speak, on the bottom, and and the water oozed up with such magnitude that it that it overtook the whole planet. Now that doesn't sound like a, the Middle East to me. That sounds like it could be Florida. However, that sounds like it could be the Southeast United States, where you see flooding regularly. Okay, where you see you know New Madrid earthquake, Mississippi. Um, uh, some people say it was sloshing around a little bit. Some people say that it ran backwards for an amount of time. So you have all these things going on in the Mississippi. The Nile, however, is very, you know, it's almost like it's the Nile is like one of these kayak. uh, It's like a, looks like a white water rafting river in some spots. It's it's real skinny and small and, and a little turbulent in some areas. The Mississippi is a, you know, it is a artery. Mm -hmm. It is a, it is a, uh, but that's beyond the point. So let's, um, you know, I'm not. It's not like I wasn't aware of no, where no. Pe- I, people. I was insinuating.
4: Wasn't placed, insinuating.
8: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I'd like to tell you, um, you know, you're you're in Florida too. Yes, the first coast area, right? You're up near like St. Augustine. Yep. Um, doxed just doxed yeah, yeah well um, you know i just you,
4: told people yesterday that kid who beat his sorry. teacher was right down the street so it's it's okay, oh, okay. I've, I've told people sorry. where at. <laughs> okay, sorry <laughs> you'd be but, dead uh, to me narco <laughs> no we're good we're yeah good.
8: i didn't know if that was a uh, common knowledge but um no, you, you, basi- you're, you're basically straight. okay cool <laughs> so um you know in Ninth, our 1936 mm-hmm. Republican candidate for governor here in the state of Florida yeah. was E.E. Uh, e. Calloway.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: So he, and he was friend, the friends of multiple um, U.S. presidents during his life on a writing basis. He would write letters back and forth to multiple presidents. And he was a regularly published um, uh, critic, commentator in all these uh, newspapers. And he was a well-known guy, a political figure, um, a Florida Republican too. And he ran for governor. Okay. And in 1936, and he declared Florida to be the garden of Eden. Okay. So that's 1936. He was going off of the tree life in the area. Mm -hmm. He was going, going off of geographic, um, or geological monuments described in in the uh, Old Testament. He was going at it pretty much just through the Bible. Now, fast forward to John Saxer in the late 1980s, coming up with his research. He did not know the Bible as well as... um, He knows it well, but that wasn't the uh, crux of his research. Mm -hmm. um, You know, the meat and potatoes of his research was Greek mythology. And Greek mythology and the Bible do have parallels. But the point I'm trying to make is he found he arrived at the same exact conclusion, just going through the Greek mythology and the overwhelming Greek presence in Tampa Bay area and in the First Coast area of where you're located. We could talk about some Greeks today, too. Um.
4: I'm hoping that we will. That That's definitely something that I want to get to. Sure. Real, real briefly, before we do, though, Janus6966 over on Rumble, J-A-N-U-S, many faces. To the best of my knowledge, Eden was presumably located in the Fertile Crescent between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. Let's... Just use that to just to to talk about your fertile crescent down here, uh, because that's something I wanted to make sure that we got into in just a little bit more depth tonight. But please explain away.
8: So there's only one true fertile crescent on this planet. The fertile crescent physically, physically, literally, if you're going to interpret the Bible literally. And if any of these places were physical and literal, um, which I believe them to be. Um, you know, we're not discrediting any transcendental or allegorical interpretation, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to interpret some components literally, which just about everyone does, then you're going to have to come up with a decent literal interpretation for as much as you can in in, in that document. If you're going to, you can't just cherry pick, so to speak. So with that, you know, E.E. Calloway was finding wood, Things you can touch with your hands. All they can do in the Middle East is point to places and buried cities that they have no idea what they are. And in some of these cities, you find 10 layers of civilization. So, you know, they they're just grasping at straws. You know how much money those uh, desert stricken countries pull in just by, uh, you know,
4: oh for tourists. Lay,
8: just by laying claim to being the you know the birthplace of the abrahamic religions yes otherwise these these places would be irrelevant on a global on a global scale completely irrelevant not net, you know not um powers to be reckoned with their entire status on a world stage largely is a is a mythological one you mm-hmm. know they're what they owe to our ancient um ancestors and And whereas this whole thing was wrong, E.E. Calloway puts it perfectly. And he was not just coming up theorizing. He was pulling him and his buddies were pulling giant skeletons out of mounds. Mm -hmm. So he was seeing giant skeletons. He was seeing petrified logs that had been sawed in uh, northwest Florida. And the Apalachic, so he was drawing from linguistics, everything, the lake that he was speaking about was Seminole Lake. Seminole meaning first, mm-hmm. the very, you know, a Seminole undertaking. Yep, 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 Well, that's the Seminole Indians who happened to be six foot four average, okay, um, partially descended from the Timuccia in part a little bit, not entirely. But the Timuccia were over seven feet tall. So you had giants in the Old Testament, but E E, e. Calloway puts it perfectly. In uh, when the New Testament was being written and translated, um, you had sorry written, and the Old Testament was being translated. You had people who had no idea that the new that the new continents existed, right, or had just found out that they existed. So when they're interpreting dots, they're assuming that the people who wrote them had the same. had the uh, little amount of knowledge that they did, right? Mm -hmm. Had a a small amount of awareness, especially that they're assuming those ancient people were equally foolish or ignorant of these lands. So that's a mistake that I believe was made in ancient times. The Mormon faith seems to have caught on to this and they may have gone overboard on some stuff, Mm -hmm. but they place much of the old testament in north america and florida is a focal point for them as well um you'll notice scientology is concentrated in the tampa bay area highly they uh, they own 50 over 50% of clearwater florida mm-hmm. that's in that's in the tampa bay
4: area on pinellas county i think it's even more than 50% now i was actually just yeah. looking into it a bit, a bit the other day and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and just to be clear, you're not Mormon. You're not a Scientologist. No. You, you have no dog in that fight. Uh, so, yes, just to establish that for the audience. OK. All right. So um, we, we've talked about a number of different ancient peoples that have been found here in Florida or evidence of them that has been found here in Florida. And I'm wondering if we can kind of make that timeline to determine, like, who actually came here first and who, it appears, may have had uh, uh, significant settlements here. And then you mentioned the Greeks. I've never heard of the Greeks being here in Florida, but I'm very fascinated at the idea.
8: Right. So it's it's a fact at this point. It's not even a fact because there's no argument to be had. Mm-hmm. Every, every aspect that you could possibly, you know, Um, be looking for to detect a Greek presence Um, linguistically, sartorially, musically, artistically, architecturally, um, archaeologically, every single cylinder that you can think of. Yeah. This has been checked off already. So as far as a Greek presence in the Americas, it can be proven in, in all those, those terms I just listed. Okay. So linguistically, I'll give you one example. Right here in Florida, and this is one that I found in ICE, and I recommend anyone with a friend who speaks Greek or with a knowledge of a little bit of Greek, if you're in the Southeast United States, you can test this yourself. Go pick out one of these Greek names. Well, Palat Creek names with a C. Creek is Southeast United States, is kind of generalized, all the native C- C- Creek. Now, we're told that that was an assigned name. I'm here to tell you that is a phonetically correct name, a cabalistically correct name. So, you know, you know how these people use their Kabbalah and numerology, but then when you use that as evidence of some, uh, as (laughs) of something people, you know, roll their eyes, but you know, that's okay. You have, for example, here in Florida, we have the Creek Palatka Creek Creek native Palatka, Florida in Greek you have okay well i'll tell you the definition of palatka is crossing or a bridge palatka in greek you have the word plaka p l a k a which means walkway pavement sidewalk or crossing okay, same so, word
4: so the word palatka who who is that allegedly who what language is that allegedly from if it's not from the greek
8: now palatka is a tamukia okay creek or creek word right okay. sometimes you'll see people uh, lump tamukia in with creek and at many creek people will tell you themselves that the temukua were were culturally
4: creek yeah
8: Okay. Greek is a la- is a later term.
4: Okay, all right. So we've got language in, in words. Any other words that uh, are frequently used down here in Florida that we can trace to the Greek origins?
8: You have apopka, um, which yeah. is similar to a, a Greek root, but I haven't ironed that out yet. But in my Greek video that's about to drop um, Greek equals Creek ancient Greek presence in the Americas. So the, I don't know what the title is going to be yet, but the linguistic yeah, uh, angle is, is, you know, it's, there's no debate to be had. Once you see the sheer amount of words, I can pull some up and we can run through some.
4: Hey, yeah, go for it. Let's do it. <clears throat> okay. You should be able to share your screen. Okay. Let me just Let, make let sure. me find, let me find a good one for you. Okay. All right. So um, over here in uh, the Rumble chat, Frogzy said, "Hearn tablet discovered in Hearn, Georgia, in 1967 with cuneiform writing dating back before 2100 BC." Most copies Paleo Greek,
8: yeah, Paleo Greek, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's the Possum Creek stone. There's the Red Bird petroglyph. There's um, a lot of stones like that across the board. They're called uh, hoaxes because. Uh And it's never even like, um, it's never even tangible evidence that they're hoaxes. It's more just, Oh, this type of Greek could only have been known by a state, by a hoaxer. You know what I mean? Like this form of Greek, even, you know, even if this was ancient, it, it, it's not compatible with, with what, with a time period. So they'll always refute it with some arbitrary linguistic angle instead of, the um you know in, instead of the uh instead of the uh, you know analyzing whatever the 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 rock or tablet itself is right they they i don't think they've ever said that um some carvings in these and uh, you know there's a lot of stones so I'm talking about a lot of them and maybe some are fake but they never say this is fake because it looks too early to, you know, it looks like it got scratched in a couple of years ago. So, well, but here, I'll pull one up for you.
4: Okay, go ahead. But, you know, like oh. I said, Art. 1978 Shovelhead says, I live off Anclote Road. It's an old Greek name for anchor. Anclote? Yes, A-N-C-L-O-T-E.
8: Well, that might be, that may have been named by Greeks. Okay. Um, okay, here, there's another one. Opa-Laka, Opa-Laka, Florida. Opa-Laka. Opa! Yeah. Laka. Have, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And then the architecture, there's Moorish. It's Islamic, and Greek was, was uh, Moorish territory. Much of Greece was Islamic territory at, at periods. So yeah, Anclote. um yeah, Anclote is a Latin origin. It's Spanish or Greek, meaning anchor, yeah, so that's not a that's not a native word, but I'll give you another one. Mayaca. Mayaca is close to Maya, right? So I've talked yeah. about that before, but Mayca is also close to Majorca, mm-hmm. Majorca being one of the uh, Balearic islands off Spain that are culturally Greek, well, what if I told you that fifteen hundred Greeks, Menorcans, Majorcans, Turks, um, Ottomans, Italians, crypto Jews from um, from the Mediterranean all uh, settled Florida ten years before the United States was even conceived of. Seventeen sixty five, you had over fifteen hundred culturally Greek Mediterraneans wearing fezes and, and vests descending on um the first coast of florida so new smyrna st augustine area Um, here i told you i was going to pull up these words
4: yeah well uh, well, as you're pulling those up i'm wondering i mean you mentioned fezzes and i mean weren't the um weren't the seminoles shown to be wearing fezzes do you think that there was some cross-pollination with those cultures meeting or or is there wearing of those that particular hat and garb uh dating back before that
8: so yeah i think the i mean i've never heard anyone theorize that the creek natives and the greek settlers had anything to do with each other however the greek settlers got along with the seminoles rather well um they got along with uh, black people rather well african americans caribbean americans they got along with well um as opposed to some of the other groups tend to flash. and the KKK actually was going after Greek Americans heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have, so you asked about the dress. Yes. They call this, um, what do they call this? Uh, Fustinelli, Fustinelli, Fustinello. Um Someone will know in the chat. You got a smart chat. Fust yes. It's called fustanella or something like that, where it's, they dress up in like the Moorish, traditionally Moorish style clothing with the red fez, the vest and a skirt. A lot of the times they'll have, men will have like a skirt, right? Like pants and then a, almost like a kilt on, on top of it. But, um, that was being worn by the Greek. The settlers and then the Creek natives who are Seminoles, Seminole, right? Think Semitic, Seminole, Semitic. Mm-hmm. Creek equals Greek, and then they also go by the name Muscogee. Well, Muscogee and Muscovy are just about the same. And when you see the hats that Muscovites would used to wear, like these tall, big bear skin, like Russian hats, mm-hmm. and you see what the uh, Semitic or Semites wear in like Brooklyn, like Orthodox Jewish people. Right. Then you then you look at what Seminoles wear on their head. It's the same headwear. It's Semitic headwear. Um these are a lost runaway tribe of Israel. Or maybe not run runaway. Maybe the other ones are running uh, runaways. But they're the Seminoles, meaning first type of first people. Maybe not in their present state, but
4: you need to you need to make a segment of a video showing those various cultures with the super similar clothing on. Uh, Low Country Brooklyn says regarding the fez hats, that's because of the Spanish influence, in my opinion. Moors and Spain, yeah. And that my question was, uh, did the uh, did did the Moors coming here introduce that? particular garb to a an indigenous population and then they interbred and that, that's what became of those two cultures. Um and you know just also looking over uh, I found this website um called the the Moorish Sovereign Indigenous Seminole Tribal Nation and jure Government. Which yeah. indicates that you're not the only person who thinks that the Seminoles are descended no, from this. the Moors. Yes, they okay. know this
8: themselves. Yeah. Okay,
4: okay, and I'm 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 highly interested to hear the what their their uh what what you know what what their internal communication is about this.
8: Yeah, I could um bring some more. We could do something with a Moor, mm-hmm. um, a moorish scientist or whatever titles they use. Um, a Florida one, if you'd like
7: Absolutely. next time. Yeah.
8: Or um, we could get together with Analog, too, who I uh, – he goes through newspaper articles a lot, so that's like some good – backs up a lot of this stuff so it's not just a face, you know, on the screen saying it. But um, can you see the words that I've pulled up here?
4: I can. And Lowe also says – I think the Spaniards brought it over because the Moors in added – Invaded Spain in 1099.
8: Yes, so this is true. Yeah, I mean, this is like the mainstream history. the, sport, the And I talk about this on my channel. Um, for those that haven't seen it, the Moors were kicked out of Spain, 1491, and Columbus immediately, within months, uh, suits up for a voyage and heads directly to what he would later call paradise, the promised land of Eden, Okay. Mm-hmm. He he went there. He found evidence of transatlantic um contact. He found gold tier gold-tipped spear points from Africa that could only have came from Africa. The people he met said that Africans had been there before. Um so it but they obviously they don't say anything about looking for people or searching hunting, but when you understand the context of his voyage, it may not have been Columbus's initiative himself. Um, but you can see, he did a lot of hacking heads off and enslaving, um, especially in the later trips, but you have, um, all the Moorish architecture in Florida. It's not just a Spanish aesthetic. It's not just an affinity for their Moorish history that, that brought all this to Florida. You have to be able to dig deeper than that. That's the mainstream history. And you should see the people that come in here and try, try to, um, the Florida historians that come into uh, the bookstore here so often. And when you see who, you know, not to make it like us first them, but when you see the people that we're up against, like you can see why this, this uh, history is so stagnant. It's like a rice cake. There's nothing to it. It's, it's like synthetic. It's, it's,
4: well, there's, I mean, first of all, the, the answers are already decided upon. Uh, and you know in the same way that uh the uh, uh the Middle East relies on biblical tourism and um you know in in the established narratives Egypt in the same way you know th- mm-hmm. they can't afford to change. That history by delving a little deeper or doing more vigorous research on it and making new yes. findings, because then it would discredit the findings of everyone that came before them. And those people are, you know, essentially their heroes, not to mention all of their funding is wrapped up in the perpetuation of that established narrative, which yes. you know, you're know, you're absolutely right. It's totally stale. It, it, it's it's uh, it's like eating a, a styrofoam popcorn ball like, you know, it might look like popcorn, but it's definitely not popcorn and it's not going to sustain you. And, uh, you know, you, you'll, it'll never be anything other than what it is unless we can break through with information such as this. Someone had asked, Cyberspeed had asked if you'd ever debated with biblical archaeologists regarding Eden.
8: No, but John Saxer definitely has. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone that hasn't checked out E.E. Galloway e. should check him out. He did great stuff. Um John Saxer is all featured on my channel. It's hard to find him anywhere else. I've never um, seen
4: him. I've never seen him anywhere. <clears throat> you know, and here's the thing. You know, I feel like we can, we can go tr- through, what, I have through? articles. I have a lot of articles from different
8: people up until uh, 19, up until the stock market collapse, 1929. Yeah. This was like common knowledge that Florida was right. the Garden of Eden. It, or it was a candidate for the Garden of Eden.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm.
8: It wasn't until after that, and you have your whole, mm, who's getting the Holy lands after world war two, mm-hmm, you know, that you get your, uh, everyone shut up about the Holy lands and we're giving it to certain people for a certain reason. And, and, and now you see the kind of even a bigger motive. And let me ask you this, who lives yeah. in the Holy land, Jewish people, right? Jewish sure. people yeah. but predominantly live in the Holy land. What state is it that I'm putting forth as a potential, op, you know, contender for the promised land? Florida, um, uh, the state that happens to be termed Little Israel, has some of the highest concentration of Jewish people on the planet. Um, yeah, you know, I think they, I think they are uh, betting on both both sides of the ring themselves, okay. right? I can I see think it right? I think you have more bagel shops in Florida than you do in Israel. I think you have more, you know, a lot of stuff.
4: Certainly you've got more land. So I'm sure there's a lot more opportunities. Here's the Mm -hmm. thing, you know, as truth tellers, I feel like we we are constantly questioning the official narrative. And on a subject like this, I feel like it's so difficult for people to consider anything other than the official narrative, because they've been told and that this is the way it is, and it's part of their belief system. And so everything about who they are and, you know, what they believe uh, about the way the world works is wrapped up in that belief system. And so to get yourself to move outside of that calls all of that into question. It doesn't mean that uh the fundamentals of who you are, what you believe, your faith, have to be questioned or are something, anything other than what you believe them to be and your understanding of them. But I feel like it's just so fundamental to understand that people in power will lie about things and they will obfuscate the truth and try to make you believe, you know, that things are not the way they truly are. I mean, I think we can look at so many other subjects objectively and say, yeah, obviously, we've been lied to. And the things that they've tried to make us believe are just not, the case. And so I you know, is it that it's not that hard for me to believe that Eden might be here in Florida and not necessarily in the Middle East. I, I think that mm-hmm. that's just as possible.
8: Mhm. Now, you know, the the uh much of the w- war in the Middle East the last 20, 30, 40 years has been mm-hmm. fought for, from the golf courses of Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and has been has been waged by Florida um the sort of dynasties, the Bushes, um, Bushes. You know, they're a Texas family, yeah, but they're sure. a Florida, Florida family too. I valeted Jeb Bush's car on Palm Beach. You know what he tipped me?
4: <laughs> Not much. Five bucks.
8: Two bucks. Two bucks? Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah, Jeb Bush.
4: Wow, Jeb Bush. Was that while he was wasn't he governor down here?
8: No, that was that was later, much later. This okay, was after okay. he ran. This was after he ran for president too.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
8: But um, yeah. You know, some some people are onto it. Trump is down here. Mm-hmm. Trump mm-hmm. picked Palm Beach for a reason. Mar-a-Lago, a Moorish palace, mm-hmm. a Moorish splendid, you know, um, palace, magnificent. And that's a Moorish building with some caves underneath it, uh, tunnels,
4: bunkers. Are there caves really? I I wasn't aware of that. There's bunkers underneath it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I I mean, I I know the whole thing about it being the Winter White House before Trump bought it, but.
8: Here, you want to talk about these uh, Greek Greek words?
4: Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I Go go
8: ahead. So on the left here, we have uh, Greek words. On the right, we have Creek words. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to see phonetically, they're going to be near identical and the meanings in some instances, in some instances are going to be identical. Mm -hmm. So I'll do my best with the pronunciation here, but ethaloikio, ethaloikioi, meaning Cherokee or original people Mm -hmm. in Greek. In Greek, it means noble Greek, genadas. In Greek, Kanat, or Cherokee. This is Cherokee. So Cherokee, relative okay. of the, of the Greek, cousin, <laughs> brothers to the Greek. Uh, Huis, Dio, Suto, G. Let's find a good one. Illo, and Kilohi kaka Kakunta. That means straight-edged, used by athletes, and a scraper used by ballplayers. So, same yeah. use of the word "kakotechnio" and "kaktunta." A chief, kanon, and in in Cherokee, kanuga, war chief.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: Here we go. An assembly in Greek, karanos; in Cherokee, karanu, assembly house. Wow. In Greek, katis, herald. In Cherokee, kahaitis, speaker, herald. In G- Greek, karux, stopping place, way station. Um, scary. Uh, that one's not that close, but <laughs> con- <laughs> contest, mo- mona, contest. And in Cherokee, mona, ballplay. play hmm. Identical. Nika, Titan of Greek uh, mythology. Anika, rival of Sutoji. Ogegis, One not killed, and Uchei. name of a dragon or serpent. Uktena, or Auktena, declared healthy, and in Cherokee. Uktena, divining crystal for health. Uh, ulantata, ghost. Ulangtata, ghost. <laughs> so Creek and Cherokee near identical. Many instances. Yeah. Skia, Achina, Styx, Stitchy, Tanawa, Chlanawa, um, Tali, Talihi, Theatras, Techata, Theatron, Tachanan, Thrax, Czechskiri. Uh, that one's not that close. Typo, Tathdoe, right.
4: Tathdoe, Tato, I don't know how to pronounce it. You know, of course. E- even but... for the ones that are not, like, fully similar, you, you still have, like, the initial sound and stuff.
8: Right. Wanderers, both, meaning of both. Alomenoe, Elohi, and Elohi. Elohi. That's, yeah, exactly. Elohi. Dakos, Dakwa. Dasis, Dachi, Chinchana, Tecano, and that other one we we talked about. Mm-hmm. But um here's some um here I'll just we'll flip through it. Uh you know, you get your Mohawk Indians or Creek, or Cherokee re- related. Mm-hmm. And what culture is most famous for their Mohawks? The
4: Greeks. Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
8: Um you have Greek mythology littering the United States. That thing was built before 1897, okay? Before they sawed down the forest. You think you would have known if that was there? Mm. If, if yeah. there was fifty-foot trees all around it? I think Certainly. structures structures like this were all over the United States. And when you see the pictures of this being built, it's already built. The scaffolding's up, and all, everything's already there.
4: So uh, what happened to what happened with that? Did they just tore it down? Oh, that's still there in Nashville. Go to oh,
8: Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, that oh. thing's still standing. That's oh, a wow. That's a replica, replica, exact replica of mm. the Parthenon. So here, I got to go turn my AC. Um, you're not hearing a lot of noise, are
4: you? No, I don't hear anything at all. Is my audio okay? Good. Your audio's perfect. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So as long yeah. as you're comfy, cozy, you can go ahead and leave it on.
8: Okay, if if there's too much disruption, I can go turn my AC off. Just let me know. Um, yeah, let me flip through some stuff here. This is just kind of like my file that I used for um, for the video that I just put together. Here's a Greek man in the 1700s.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: I mean, that looks like a Native American to me,
4: with the Mohawk so. and the, yeah.
8: the. It looks like Daniel Day Lewis in uh, Last of the Mohicans, right he, there. He, he does. He does. No. Spot on. These plantation houses were all Greco Roman, made of stone, like marble and some, and they were uh, burned down by natives, we're told. They were burned down by the Creeks, the Seminoles, and the Seminole Wars in the Southeast United States, largely.
0: Mm-hmm. The
8: l- largest amount of money our government ever spent fighting a group of natives, the longest conflict, the um, bloodiest conflict with natives. The second Seminole War alone fits all those. There's three Seminole Wars. The second one alone is all the things I just, just uh, listed off. And they were burning every single major plantation house, you know, stone structure, whatever you call it, mill, this and that. Uh, they, all these structures were repurposed in the antebellum period as mills and plantations and, you know, Mm -hmm. slap a few, slap a few gears on it and you've got a sugar mill. Mm -hmm. Well, these are stone ruins out in the woods of nowhere that are not, you know, maybe they were used as that, but there's something else going on here. This Greco Roman um, motif that you find all over the Southeast United States It is no coincidence whatsoever that every state previously under Creek Territory, native Creek Territory, has a city by the name of Athens. Really? Greeks, every single one, except Florida, which has multiple cities nicknamed Athens. So Deland, Florida, was nicknamed Athens. And you have uh, Tallahassee as nicknamed the Athens of ancient America, Tallahassee. Because of the philosophers that it produced in ancient times, believe it or not. But, um...
4: So um, I just, well, you know, I am fascinated by this theory. And I, I think that at the very least, uh, it forces us to re-examine and to question the official history of humanity and how we migrated around planet Earth um but you know as far as uh, uh florida maybe being eden um i just want to put something forth i i i suggested this last time you know i mean if if you know it, let, let's say that um that that earth is very old okay and that plate tectonics is real um when the earth was initially created and there was one giant landmass on planet earth pangea would have had Florida, like, right here, and then the Middle East, what is currently the Middle East, would have been very, very close, like, almost on uh, the same line. Let me show you this picture right here, Narco, so you can see that, and I'll show the audience as well. And uh, and I'm just saying, you know, I mean, what if, potentially, hmm. Narco's right, <laughs> and... Uh, it's both. It's yeah, all. It's, it's all uh, of it. It's all of it. They're right. right.
3: Yeah, because, right.
4: because because, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, these major shifts that would have taken place. And at the time that this happened, you know, it wouldn't have been North America. It would have all been part of Earth. And, you know, who's to say where any of this was at any time? So I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. And I, I think that uh, I think it's a, a, an interesting theory, no matter how you shake it out.
8: Yeah, I'm not big on continental drift. No, myself. No, I think I think the um, it's more of just like a flow pattern that people are seeing mirrored on either side of the Atlantic. But, hey, of course, it looks like it fits. I'm just being critical because I think it's they. I think they really I think they really want us to think we all drifted from one because that kind of backs up the out of Africa theory more than anything. OK, not, not necessarily, but. Um, It it kind of like geographically puts us back in this original melting pot, too, which. um, But I've got some good articles um, if we could flip through. But let's just just to start off, um, why Florida, you know, why this matters. Uh, This is not just all like hot air and. I don't make a cent off this stuff. Like I'm, I'm just genuinely obsessed with <laughs> Florida and like, I'm not, I don't sell anything. Yep. If you've never noticed, I've never asked for a single subscription on my channel. I've never asked for, Oh guys, go make sure to subscribe and like, and like, I respect, new I respect people's, you know, you know, discipline for stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, uh, being, a driving the business end of it too. But I just like doing this stuff and I like Florida and I like, I have seen, I've seen the effect it's had on people. I've actually not to boast, but I've actually convinced, you know how many I've had about a dozen people tell me I've convinced them to move to Florida
4: and they, have they've came here, right. They've came here to tell me. So uh, somebody actually wrote me an email the other day requesting that I stop Ask like telling people they should move to Florida. I Should stop telling people how nice it is down here because yeah. apparently they're a, they're a lifelong Floridian. And I'm sorry, I'm, That's I'm not valid. Gonna, yeah, I won't call you out into the chat, but I mean, I have you know been very honest. I mean, if if you're going to move someplace, I don't see why you wouldn't come to Florida because it is the best state that you could possibly live in. I mean, for for so many different reasons, and yeah. um, you know. But uh, I understand where the person's coming from. I thought I just thought it was funny though.
8: Do you want to, um, did I read kind of like a poem last time or did I read, um, uh, one of the last two times I was on, uh, there's I'll read it. And if it sounds familiar, let me know, but basically why Florida is kind of a, a voice of truth in in these moments and what Florida's destiny is and why Florida's destiny is different than that of other States. And how we're going to see Florida might be leading the states in many. It already is in so many ways. Yeah. And you're going to see why that's important and why the overlays between Greece and the Middle East and Mesopotamia matter, Mm -hmm. why it matters, and why Texas and Florida are kind of the two pillars of truth at the moment. At least, you know, in, in my eyes and your audience's eyes, obviously, a lot of people would be like, oh, my God, how could you say that? But it's it's the truth. So why is Florida? I could almost pair. I love this. Okay. This was written in one of my favorite books, man's higher, Consci- higher consciousness by Hilton Hotima or, um, a, it's a crossover of much of the same material as long life in Florida, which okay. this guy's obsession with Florida came from the the health giving, the life giving properties. He was a studied, uh, centenarians, and you know today they tell us that like Okinawa, right, has like the most um the coast of Japan has the most uh centenarians, long most long lived people.
4: I thought it was the, um, the, the isn't it the the Hunza? Patrick Flanagan. Hang on just a second. Patrick Flanagan is a well, he was a child genius who like he was like a rocket scientist at like the age of sixteen. And he also looked into, uh, who was living the longest. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was like, it's not the junta. The junta, that, that's like a terror organization or something like that. Patrick Flanagan, hold on. Uh, and he, he has, so it has something to do with the specific, uh, uh, crystalline structures that are growing in the aquifer that their water is coming from. Like there is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, specific quartz crystals there. And, uh, apparently. Yes. Yeah, gives people long life. But I'm sorry, c- please continue. I want to hear this poem.
8: Sounds like Florida. That sounds yeah. like Florida. The Seminoles, the native Seminoles, were living to 95, 100 years average out in the wild. Six mm-hmm. foot four. Okay. The native Timukua who were here when the Europeans first showed up in the 1500s, allegedly, were over seven feet tall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half feet tall. in the In the Europeans' words themselves. So... These people were tall and the Tamukua lived 300 years, 300 years old. They were, wow. they were telling and observably, right. The French said, yeah, that guy looks 300 years old in a good way, but also like, yeah, he looks, you know, doesn't look like a hundred year old man. So th- Florida was a land of, you know, I'm, if someone hasn't skimmed through my channel, I understand it, it might sound like a lot of claims, but, um, no, Florida was a land of, giants, long living people, long life, immortal giants. Exactly what you hear being depicted in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what people like E. E. Calloway were picking up on. So Hilton
7: Hotimo is just
1: fighterflare.com
8: What I was saying today is today they tell us Japan has the longest uh, living people. Mm -hmm. I think Okinawa area, I I believe that it's the, you know, the seafood and the uh, iodine in their diet or whatever it is. And, you know, the, the rice instead of uh, gluten and carbs, blah, blah, blah. Not that I'm promoting any of that, but, or taking issue with any of that, but, that's what they tell us today. Well, back in the 1920s, it was Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida was the place to be for health, wellness, longevity, the spring water, the sunshine. You know, the guy who built the coral castle, mm-hmm. Edward, Ed, Ed Leeds moved yep. here just, just for the health, just to feel better, just for, that's what he says. Obviously, he's probably lying. He's being very cryptic about it, but that's the story he put forth. So, and you know how many presidents, we're given a doctor's order to go down to florida okay at least three of them at least three presidents in the 1920s were sent a doctor's order go down to florida mm-hmm. and get water or sunshine or produce and these were one of you know a doctor's last measures was to say you know my my pills and my made up fucking petroleum bullshit pills aren't doing anything Yep. So go down, go down to Florida and you're going to feel better. And you can, you know, if I can make a buck off you, uh, at least I can make a buck off, you know, you'll, you'll thank, thank me for telling you to go to Florida. Right. <laughs> so Rockefeller ended up in Florida. Mm-hmm. Flagler, his, his partner yeah. ended up in Florida. Ford ended up in Florida. Edison ended up in Florida. I mean, Hello yeah you know yeah, and you, people say it costs an arm and a leg to live in Florida. That's not necessarily true in yep. some areas it is, but your cost of living goes down immensely. Mm-hmm. so you, you know the real estate might be expensive, and hey, I don't blame it, I don't blame it, you know. but your cost of living goes down immensely. A poor man can live like a trillionaire in Florida mm-hmm. with the produce, the weather, the the uh, real estate. you know, I live in a van. I wake up closer to the the beach than the millionaires do. You know, right on. If I'm I'm right up on a one a, so it's right there for the taking. People complain about the lack of views, and I'll give you my take on that. It's a testament to how wonderful Florida is that people live there with absolutely nothing to look at except of what is directly in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a kind of a philosophy to that as well. People in Florida are not gazing off in the distance. You can never be anywhere but present in the exactly yeah. where you are, because yeah. you there. there is no romanticized landscape far off in the distance. You're well, right there's,
4: here. There's no grass on the other side. I mean, you're already in paradise. So yeah. why would you want to be imagining yourself anywhere else? So real quick, before you uh, jump over to that... Um, Uh, The poem, I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Patrick Flanagan because I pulled it up and this might be something that you may want to research yourself uh, hearing about it. So uh, I said he was like a 16-year-old rocket scientist at the age of 11. He developed and sold a guided missile detection system to the United States military. Dr. Patrick Flanagan, he's, he's brilliant. And at age 17, he gained his air pilot's license and was employed by a think tank at the Pentagon. He was a consultant at the NSA, CIA, at NASA, Tufts University, Office of Naval Research, and Aberdeen Proving Grounds for the Department of Unconventional Weapons and Warfare. So, He's got a ton of patents. He invented this thing called the NeuroPhone, which is supposed to allow you to absorb information faster than just doing it on its own. But his research on hydration leads us to the point that I was trying to make. He discovered that a a region known as the Hunza land in the uh, Karakoram Mountains, this is just north of Pakistan, in that area, the typical lifespan is 120 to 140 years of age. And it's a rather well. small, small area. So, you know, I mean, you you, you say, hey, north of Pakistan, it's uh, paradise. People live to be 140. It, it, it's a lot more romantic, I think, to go ahead and say Japan. But that's not saying that the people in Japan are not living long lives either, because they are. And mm-hmm. e- and even even when they get to be older, they're typically in better shape than somebody uh, of an equivalent age from, you know, say a, a Caucasian or European or something like that. But his discovery Showed that there was something in this water. Uh, yeah, it
8: was the- fourth, fourth phase water, is probably what yeah. it's going to boil down to. Fourth phase water is found in Florida water as well. Okay, they just okay. won't they just won't do any testing down here because Zephyr Hills uh, owns the largest amount of rights or
4: Nestle. So, Nestle, yes, ne- N- Nestle, Nestle owned all the water up north too. While I was there. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So let's hear this poem. I want. I, I want to. Well, it's not. It's not
8: a poem, but it um, is like romantic and it's. It's beautiful, and I, I, you know, I love uh, reciting this. I can almost paraphrase it. I can almost uh, get it at this point, but this was written by. Oh man, might not might cut off at the uh, end here, but. Why is Florida destined to rise to greater heights than any other state of this nation? Because she has the same isothermal zone, as did ancient Thebes and Luxor, when they flourished in the valley of the mystic Nile. The same as that of Babylonia, the Magnificent, with her hanging gardens on the banks of the Euphrates, when she ruled a continent. The same as that of Jerusalem, the holy city of Palestine, with its fabulous wealth and temple shrines when Solomon reigned in all his glory. The same as that of Athens, when she was the intellectual capital of the world and crowned with architectural splendor the hills of classic Greece. The same as that of Carthage, when she disputed the sovereignty of the world with imperial Rome. And it goes on and on and compares it with Naples and a couple other places. And then it goes on to describe the produce. And it says... Florida is the true empire of the sun. Okay. No other land is more blessed by the sun than Florida in wintertime, in summertime. The produce here does better in poor soil than anywhere else on the planet with the best soil you can buy. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. You can take it to the bank. You know how many millions of gallons of irrigated, shipped in artificial, essentially artificial water, Brought in to California to supply their their artificial industry that mm-hmm. they have cre- created on what's barren land and what yes. was large, what largely was a uh, salty ocean bed not too long ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: So it's like salted land. All the you know how much water they bring in millions, yes. millions of gallons to irrigate it, just to bring about a comparable citrus level to Florida,
6: mm-hmm.
8: which even despite the, the, um, you know, there's only so much land that you can grow citrus on in Florida. You can grow it pretty much all over, but I'm saying uh, competing with the real estate competing with the um, it's not like California where they, you have these vast expanses, um, you know, uh, of, of land that could, Hang on. So I think someone just tried to come in, but um, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, Florida, it's, you know, there's this theory that intellectual or philosophical powerhouses only come about in um, subtropical, not paradises, but well, I guess paradises and people's first counter to that would be like, Oh, well, what about, what about um, the Himalayas? You know, isn't that a, philosophical um no those people were pushed up there those mm-hmm. people have retreated there historically and right. and throughout time they've they've said from a tactical point of view we're going to stay in the mountains not from a spiritual point of view mm-hmm. and they actually they founded many of their traditions on spiting the conditions that they live in rather mm-hmm. than um seeing them as fostering fostering life and learning and such as that. And there's not there's also not much learning going on. It's more of a stripping down of of um barriers and you know the whole aesthetic sure. ascetic lifestyle is not not much intellectual thought going on, believe it or not. It's more uh-huh. um, you, you know you like get the clearing idea. Clearing the
4: room and flatlining basically. Exactly.
8: yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So now is no coincidence that we have a Italian governor here. Fighting the good fight, Flor. The parallels between Florida, Florida, and Ida Lee, right? They bear their name from the same goddess. Okay, Ida, Ida, a Greco-Roman goddess. You want more? You know, in Greek Greek yeah. overlays. Flora Florida takes its name from two Greco-Roman goddesses, Flora, the Greco-Roman goddess of uh, springtime. Vegetation, flowers. Of course, flora. We get all word for flora from flora. That's uh, flora, meaning goddess of flowers. To an Easter, like an Easter goddess, right? Ran right around Easter time. Then you have Ida, Ida, who is a Greek goddess who was the nurse of Zeus or Jupiter, who was the um, or potentially the mother of Minos. That's Eda. Eda is very likely where we get Eden, the myth of Eden. Eda is a peripheral character of the Garden of the Hesperides, where you get paradise. The three daughters of the evening is Eve, right? So this is the Garden of Hesperides, a Greek myth. And why am I comparing it to the Garden of Eden? Because they're the same myth. What does it have to do with Florida? Well, the highest concentration of Greek people outside of Greece, Tarpon Springs, Florida, most Greek city in America. Why did they come here? It wasn't just for the sponge fishing, because there was a, con- a comparable colony on the East Coast, too, up near where Zach is. New Smyrna means New Smyrna. Smyrna is an ancient Greek city,
0: mm-hmm.
8: and um, Smyrna is an ancient Greek city. And New Smyrna. Well, I have a video of a reporter saying New Smyrna should actually be called Old Smyrna. The ruins that they were finding there. Really? Um, yep. Ruins, mysterious old fort, stuff like that.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah. And all the people moving there for some reason, and they indentured themselves as servants. The Greeks and the Minorcans. Uh, to come to florida they indentured themselves under scottish rule scottish not many people know that florida was a scottish and greek colony east florida was a scottish greek colony during the british period we're told it was the british period and oh not much you know next to nothing happened during the british period we're told in florida well that's not true uh it's just that not not much was going on you know english speaking wise well, the Scots spoke English, but you had Greek, Greeks, Menorcans, um Yeah, Mediterranean people wearing fezes and, and vests, peopling Florida by the thousands between eight, 1765 and about 1910. So in 17, 1765, you had New Smyrna founded. 1876, you had Tarpon Springs founded. And the the vast majority of the Greeks were already in Tarpon Springs by
4: 1910. So,
8: wow! today, uh, up near you, you have 60,000 Menorcans descended, 60,000 people descended from the Menorcans up by you. In Tarpon Springs, you probably have close to, uh, I don't know, I don't don't even know what the uh, population is, but I know it's between 10 and 20%. 20% Twenty percent of the whole of Tarpon Springs is Greek. Ten percent still speak Greek in the home. So that's pretty pretty damn so, Greek.
4: So uh, evidently the Menorcans have something to do with Fort Matanzas, which is uh <clears throat> it's a national park actually, but I mean there is a uh, there's a military fort right there. And uh, there is a beach called uh, Matanzas Inlet where we go quite frequently. It's like my favorite beach around here. I think there's a a bit of a a debate going on in the uh, the chat about whether or not Florida really is a good place to live. I'll tell you what, you know, for me, I know that not everybody can uh, withstand the heat and the humidity. But being from Michigan, uh, you know, Michigan summers were like 90 plus with like 99 percent humidity every single day. And I didn't have air conditioning. for a long time when I lived in Michigan and so I got very used to it. And so coming down here, you know, there's a couple hours a day where maybe you don't necessarily want to go outside unless you're on the beach, uh and that's fine with me. I mean, I can I can totally yeah. hang with that. But I mean, yeah. I feel genuinely better. I feel healthier being down here having access to the sun. I hit my ankle we got a, uh, a a wooden bed frame, okay, and I smashed my ankle on it the other day, and I thought I broke my ankle, and it hurt so bad, and uh, I, it, it just very painful, okay. Until I went outside, literally, narco within two minutes of going outside, the sun shining on my ankle, it was like the pain just alleviated, it was gone. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I truly believe that there is a a restorative and and healing factor to being down here in Florida. You know, all of the springs and, and, you know, just the you know, thinking about it like as literally as you possibly can. I mean, you know, why would it be so rejuvenating? I mean, it's a subtropical zone. You've got, you know, like year after year of uh, plant matter and detritus just composting upon itself. And all of that, uh, all the material and all the uh, the energy of those things, you know, they continue to compound and it just feeds the plant life and, and, you know, all of the life that's down here. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody also said that uh, in some places in Florida, the water tastes like sulfur. I'll tell you what, sulfur is uh, is pretty much devoid from all of the arable land that is used to produce uh, uh, crops, uh, vegetables, grains, all of it. And because of that, it's one of those things that they have to artificially uh, fertilize the soil with. And they oftentimes don't do that. And human beings are uh, extremely deficient in sulfur, and it's something that you need to properly, um, you know, get your body moving and have everything working and be healthy. And so if your water tastes like sulfur, maybe you should be drinking it. But go ahead.
8: Yeah, I agreed. You know, there's sulfur. You can trace it to the sulfur. Mm -hmm. Um, I've theorized with Ben from Waking Up With Analog on my channel about radium. In the spring water, you were talking mm-hmm. about quartz. Trace amounts of quartz yep. and um, uh, quartz, and what's the other one? Um, um, trace amounts of something else, not just quartz, but in the water, lime, lime, lime. Okay. Trace amounts yep. of lime in the spring water and the crystalline structure like you're saying it's like eating honey you know honey yeah. is is extremely regenerative and life sustaining because mm-hmm. when you eat a crisp crystal, a crystalline structure like that it, it isolates all the um the uh i don't know corrosive corrupting aspects of food you know there's food is great for you all types of food will have components that are nourishing but others will, you know, wear down the system, whereas these molecularly correct foods like honey mm-hmm. are pretty pretty much from the gods. Right. And if yeah. you can get your water like that, you know, you hear hippies talking about molecularly structured water. Yes. And there's truth. There's truth to it. To ignore it would be foolish because it, even if it's, you know, don't ju- don't judge it off the people who are who are practicing it. You know, trust me, I've seen the proof with my own eyes, blessed water versus non-blessed water. Um, a lake that's been blessed. And then two days later, how much cleaner the lake gets. You might think this is like, you know, hoodoo uh, BS, but no, it is true. If there is any material that is reactive to thought and emotion. It would be water. And
4: I no, you're that. absolutely right, I, and I'm I'm well aware of the uh, structured water experiments that were done by that uh, Japanese scientist. I can't remember. His name. Yeah, Moto. There you go. And um, so, yeah, that's absolutely true. And also, um, you know, with regard to structuring water, uh, you know, yourself uh, there, there, there's a, a process using magnets that I used to use. I had uh, like my Brita filter and it was I had magnets on it. I don't know they really did anything. But I can tell you that in places like Australia, where, um, you know, it's very dry, very arid, you know, it's it's not necessarily the easiest place to grow crops. They're using magnetic devices that the water flows through uh, to increase the output from their crops. And I'm talking like, you know, orders of magnitude over what they would have had initially without using these magnetic structuring devices. So I think there really is something to it. It's just not fully understood yet. Right. No, we're close. Yeah. Not
1: much. That's all right. Didn't
4: mean yeah, that's all right. Thank you.
7: No. So-
4: you lock the door. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. <laughs> uh, best Nani ever says, My hubby grew up in Maryland. Water smelled like eggs. I feel like that's totally normal if you're drinking well water. Also, uh, Low Country Brooklyn had two Super Chats she dropped. She said... Uh Ida is also the Sanskrit name of the pranic channel yes. that, ru- that runs along yes. the left side of the body representing female and the moon yes. as well as the subject state of mind. I also looked up uh goddess Ida and uh realized there's yep. Mount, Mount Ida um and that's actually a pre-Greek word. They don't specifically know where it originated, but it was there before it was like, you know, a pre-Greek culture. Um low controversial- oh, here's
8: Here's the best part. They tell us Florida comes from the Spanish word for Easter. Okay, right? Pascua Florida. Well, guess what? It's the same exact word and meaning in Greek too. So, oh,
4: wow.
8: one of the first people in Florida was a Greek man, fifteen twenty-eight.
4: Okay. Uh, and then Brooklyn also said, "LOL, this guy is the reincarnation of Henry Flagler for real." <laughs>
3: okay. No, I don't know about no. that. I'm I was going to say it. <laughs>
8: Not too big on Flagler. I would take uh John Gomez or something. Um he lived he that was like a hundred and fifty year old guy lived crazy, uh ex pirate who lived on an island. But Good
4: can on. I re- Yes. Yeah, you go ahead. And and you guys, I, I dropped the call information into the chats, uh, all of them. So if you have the Zoom application, you can just click that link that I dropped. Or if you're on Rumble, you're going to have to copy that link and paste it into a browser. Uh, or if you just want to use the phone number, you can call it. It's on the screen, 646-931-3860, and then enter the meeting ID and the passcode that I just dropped into the chat as well. And, Narco, you're up.
8: So yeah, I'll just flip through some of these articles that are all from uh, newspapers, accredited newspapers uh, from before 1929,
4: but before uh, uh, the fake news phenomenon of the yeah, United States. Before Germany. the
8: whole, before the promised land got handed over to, um, you know, yes. before that that whole you know situation, you know. So that's when this all became kind of contentious. Mm-hmm. Before they were like. Israel, that you mean that barren plot of land where you have to, you know, sacrifice how many goats just to get a couple, you know, uh, vines of grapes? It's not, you know, it's not feasible. It doesn't make sense. But Palestine, Iraq, Iran, that whole area is barren, arid. You know how uh, drastically that that whole those river valleys would have had to have been irrigated. Just to have been this, we're told that agriculture comes from these areas. Where mm-hmm. in sure. the des in the deserts? I mean, hey, you could make you could make a com- a compelling argument that that's the that desert is the uh, desert is the side effect or the the um, result of factory level farming. And I would, I you know, I could, uh, I could get behind that. But that's not even what they're saying. They're saying this was the most fertile place on the planet, that this was only, you know, what, 7,000 years ago? No way in hell. No way. You even know, before I, even I, before I, the deluge, that area was nowhere near um, tropical or fertile. Why? Because of the groundwater, the content. No matter how much the surface of the planet was changed during a flood mm-hmm. or freezes, you cannot hide the gulf stream the gulf stream is what makes the gulf of mexico the true fertile crescent it's the true land of the crescent moon um there's no crescent in the middle east there's no fertile crescent in the middle east so the fertile crescent is not even crescent shaped that's the number one giveaway
4: i yeah i i totally am uh laying down what you're picking up brooklyn thought we did not (laughs) we did not read the sanskrit comment we definitely did just so you know we didn't miss that Um, But yes, uh, uh, Narco totally said he was on board with what you were saying there. And she also said that uh, it was a compliment when she compared you to Henry Flagler, because apparently he was a family friend. So, um, you know, obviously, if if uh, if you look at the contributions of Henry Flagler, I mean, he uh, put a lot of money into this state to uh, to help develop it. But, you know, there are other things.
8: So I'll uh, I'll, uh, read this up here. Yep. General Richard H. Edmonds is correct. Only the extremely ignorant and supremely jealous now deny that here was the journal, Garden of Eden, Tampa Tribune. The editor of Manufacturer's Record has no title. He is neither General, Colonel, Reverend, blah, blah, blah. He is merely a newspaper worker minus all titles, military or collegiate. But otherwise, then as to general, the Tribune is correct. Not only was the original Garden of Eden in Florida; much more to the point, it is still there, and there are no rivals. Um, we can flip through. Some of these are uh, selling land, and you could make mm-hmm. the argument: oh, they're just romant- you know romanticizing this land sure. to get it get it sold. Well, that's not the case with E. E. Calloway, who actually went out and bought, he was making these claims and then he bought the shit ton of land and then he it to the government for free when he died. And that's the Garden of Eden State Park in Northwest Florida. Okay. So um, well, let's see what else we got. Um, what is a home without coal? Our answer is. A Garden of Eden in Florida, right? All this, all these coal crazes were going on in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. You know, you had coal fever. Like people, you know, this was like the main fuel of America before, like petroleum. You know, really took over. Um, coal. You know, people had to warm their houses with all these, you know, extremely unreliable means. Meanwhile. You know, even today, even today, in the middle of January, you'll have snowstorms that are just decimating the North, the United States, and they'll kill dozens of people, right, strapped, um, sorry, stranded, stuck in their car, starving, whatever it is, caught out in the wild, you know, snowed in. And then you have like the heat that you're talking about, even in Michigan. Mm-hmm. 100, 115 degrees in the summer, every summer, one at least once. Colorado, Nebraska, these places will hit 115 just about mm-hmm. every year. Okay. People get killed dead on the spot, walking outside in these mm-hmm. hot torrid zones. Sure. Why? Because the summers are as vicious as the winters are. Whereas in Florida, the summers are not vicious. The winters are not vicious. Both are agreeable. Now, people think the summers are hot in Florida. That's not the case. Like you said, you might not want to get caught out in the middle of the day. But I have articles from the 1820s describing how in Florida you could sleep out in the middle of the Everglades without a mosquito net in the middle of summer. No mosquito net comfortably under a blanket you could sleep so you know, if you're if you're inside a house or if you're inside a car and if you're never being acclimated i spend the majority of my day outside so i love the heat i feel terrible coming into the ac yeah. i have to go to take a break and go go outside and thaw out you know no, I'm,
4: I'm i'm the same way and lisa is a big fan of the ac having it be as cold <laughs> as possible and so it's it's this battle that goes on all the time <clears throat> but you know, that's one actually one thing that I've I've noticed since coming down here. I see people in the chat saying, oh, the mosquitoes are terrible. You know, I, like in Michigan, it was that's, like it was a mosquito blanket. Like you go outside and you're covered in them. I have not yes. really noticed mosquitoes down here. And people have said, oh, well, Zach, give it some time. Give it a few months. And it just hasn't happened.
8: Now, you could say, oh, they do mosquito control here in Florida. Well, did you know mosquitoes are largely a a product of uh human uh not involvement but um interference we have re- we block we block certain um we block certain
4: jesus christ let me tell them to shut the fuck up all right we can't hear them just so you know
0: <laughs> okay
4: Dusker who says I'm mosquito proof? Miracle girlies out in the hey, chat I just I wanted a... to say hey. What? Oh, why?
9: I come at eleven. Why? Because I got my thing going. Okay. Eleven. We'll shake on. Don't break the word. I got
4: tacos. <laughs> I think he said I've got tacos. Did, did he? Did he say he's got tacos waiting for you? <laughs>
8: yeah, but no, not those aren't for me. Those are for him. He's just saying. <laughs>
4: okay. Okay. All right. Continue.
8: <laughs> Garden of Eden, Florida. There's all these songs, Garden mm-hmm. of Eden, all of all Florida. Um, yep. Yep. At um, <laughs> it was an orange. The Garden of Eden was in Florida, and Adam couldn't resist the orange fed, joyous Eve, who offered him the apple of gold, which is now commonly known as the Florida orange.
4: Look at that, yes. Bringing it, so, it
9: home.
8: <laughs> the Garden of Eden. Um, there's some good ones in here. Is it right here? Ocala banner. Ocala. Uh, containing the greek word kala meaning good or well or pleasant kala Um, and the original name for okala was okali okali in the greek well guess what kali is just a uh, like female conjugation of um, of kala so it's the same word either way in the new and the old uh, meaning Or you could combine it with the Scottish, because as I'm saying, those Greeks in Florida had Scottish overseers. Celtic, Ocala, right, Mik, Asuki, right. Um, Macedonia is Macedonia, the Maccabees are Celts, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's all these overlays between crypto Jews and Celts. Um, Scotland is the only country on the planet to have never persecuted Jewish people. Do you know that? Wait, so which who is? Scotland. 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 Never
4: persecuted Jews?
8: Yes, sir. And hmm. Scotland and, and Greek owe oh, their lineage to the same people, largely, um, Scythians. Okay. And the and the predecessors to the Scythians. So let's read this. Okay. Scientists <clears throat> scientists are again locating the Garden of Eden in the south. It is still here. It is in Florida. And our Eden is in some respects unlike the original Eden. Not that all fruits are not grown here in abundance, and that flowers grow, bloom, and give out fragrance. But the difference is in this particular, that the original Eden had only two inhabitants, and these were driven out. Florida has many, and wants more. She wants to become a beehive of, of busy industry, and wants to distribute her sweets to the people of all nations, of every clime and tone. There is another difference. the original garden, The original Garden of Eden had forbidden fruit. Florida has none. She invites everyone to pluck of her fruits, eat, and be satisfied. There is still another difference. The Garden of Eden had a wily serpent that beguiled its inhabitants to do that which was evil. Those coming to our Garden of Eden will not be beguiled to do that which is evil, but will be instructed and encouraged to do that which is good. Come to Florida. You will find it a veritable Eden.
4: So, uh, two things in the rumble chat, low country, Brooklyn, again, said Kala means time in Sanskrit and Kali is also Sanskrit. It's also my Sanskrit Sanskrit name. I love this. Of course. Uh, and and then, uh, she wants to know what was the name of the poem so that she can find and post the link. That's awesome. Or what was the name of the book rather?
8: Um, what book?
4: Well, the, the, the book that you took the passage from about, uh, the rise of Florida.
8: Yes. Um, Long Life in Florida by Hilton Hotima. Hilton Long Life in Florida. Spelt like Hilton Hotels, but then mm. Hot Hotema. So Hotel but M A instead of L. Okay. <laughs> and right. you could also get Man's Higher Consciousness by Hilton Hotima. That's that's the book you can get. A Long Life in Florida, you can only find PDF. It's very hard to find. Man's Higher Consciousness, you can buy um, from Amazon or something.
4: Okay. And then um, also, ooh, who was it? Somebody had asked. I don't, uh, I I lost it. But what, oh, there it is, Big Gudo. Which city is closest to where uh, Eden would potentially be if it was down here in Florida? What city is closest to that? Sure. So Florida itself is the
8: promised land, is paradise. Eden has many interpretations, but I, I like to use paradise and promised land. Um, mm-hmm. The word paradise comes from the Greek myth Hesperides, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why that matters. Because Tarpon Springs, Tampa Bay area, it is where all the Greek people concentrate. So the capital seaport of Atlantis was Tampa Bay, Florida, without a okay. doubt. This was okay. the prime primary primary transatlantic port of the ancient world, Tampa Bay. It has 3 degrees of protection. Um one against the Atlantic, secondly within the Gulf of Mexico it's protected. Um and then third within the bay. There are bays, but Tampa Bay is a natural seaport very well protected. Um so Atlantis because remember, Atlantis and Eden are the same myth, largely. Mm-hmm. And the, gar- the Garden of Hesperides was placed by Herodotus and Plato in close proximity to the um, Garden of Hesperides and Atlantis were very close together. So close that, in fact, the, gar- the three Hesperides were nicknamed the three Atlantides. So a- okay. Atlas, Atlas being the primal... Mm-hmm central male figure of both myths um eden would be closer to it's the west coast of florida is the the sweet spot it's the gulf coast of it's all of the gulf coast actually florida is particularly special because of the spring water Mm -hmm. and the produce and the american values Mm -hmm. whereas whereas yucatan peninsula might fit a lot of those qualities but you're in fucking Mexico, so why <laughs> would you want? You know, why would you want to be there? You know?
4: Oh my god. Um, okay, uh, and we do have three people on the line. I don't want to wreck your flow, though. So you just let me know when you think it's appropriate to bring the first caller in.
8: Um, Tallahassee, just to finish off. Tallahassee yeah. is where. Uh, Bristol, Florida, is where E. E. Calloway placed his Garden of Eden, okay. not very, not very far from Tampa Bay. Right. It, it's like, it,
4: and where was, where is that in relation to the uh, uh, that that place with the the location of the converging rivers and that that pepperberry? That uh, I, I'm sorry if I'm remembering it incorrectly, but you spoke about it, and also John Saxer did as well.
8: Yeah. So there is. <clears throat> four rivers located by E.E. E. Calloway that, so everyone interprets this four rivers of Eden mm-hmm. differently, differently, but everyone ignores the most crucial part. Okay. The crux of the four river concept is that they came to a single head. So everyone says, Ooh, you know, the Euphrates, the Tigris, um, those don't even come, you know, then you have the other two that are not even located officially. How do those come to the same head as the Tigris and the Euphrates, where they are today, mm-hmm. even where even where they were seven thousand years ago? Okay, and if they flooded, you do not even know if those after a flood, before a flood, you do not even know if those rivers would flow there. Whereas Florida. You, you can throw as many floods, earth-changing floods at Florida as you want to. Florida's not going anywhere. Why? There's as far back as you go in, in the archaeological record, there's no evidence of volcanic activity. There's no evidence of seismic activity. Okay, so the archaeological record, fossil record, goes farther back than anywhere. Okay, despite, they tell, they t- tell us it's a relatively new landmass. No, 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 no. Well, you also have the Gulf Stream. And the spring water that comes out of Florida oozes forth with such magnitude that in any type of cataclysmic, earth-changing event, flood or freeze, the first place of the planet to bounce back to 100% would be the Gulf Coast, especially Florida, because of the aquifer system that is just pushing such uh such amounts of spring water up to the surface it, it, it's amazing if it, that is why a glacier that's why that area never freezed in the in the ice ages because no matter how glacier if it's sitting on top of florida or the uh southeast united states the gulf of mexico it is going to be thawed out by that perpetually 72 degree water very very quickly mm-hmm. right so, nothing can freeze over Florida like that. um I can read this one, okay, maybe not, but, um, yeah, this was just remarked upon uh, at an article after article in Florida, Georgia, too, so you know, of course, these borders are a little arbitrary mm-hmm. so e e Calloway himself was from Alabama and the part of Florida he was declaring as the garden of Eden spilled over into Georgia a little bit in Lake Seminole area. Okay. Um, so Lake Seminole is, uh, Adam and Eve's favorite Lake, so to speak. That's kind of how he would put it. Stuff like that. Um, so you hear a lot of people talking about new garden of Eden. Well, that's California. Sorry. I don't know how that one got in there, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) <laughs> shit! Shit! Forgot to delete that one. <laughs> oh,
4: good lord! Not,
8: not in California.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, it's a shame. uh ooh, El Portal, California. What is that?
8: You have well, this is Florida. You have places. Um, you have names like this. You know, Portal is just a uh, kind of like a nautical term, like port. Yes. Yeah, all. Uh, Port to you know Port Portugal. Portugal is mm-hmm. so it doesn't necessarily mean a port to a, a seaman it does does not have the uh, like um metaphysical connotation that a portal does to a, you know an English speaker okay. um, but yeah it is there and that is the portal and people do say Florida and St Petersburg is a portal. It's a, metaf- you know, sure. electromagnetic rip, whatever. And that's why all the light, all the lightning is in the Tampa Bay area, too. Lightning okay. capital of America.
4: Okay. I wasn't uh, aware of that. Tam- well, there's the Tampa Bay lightning, I guess. <laughs> there okay. you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Can I bring in the the first caller here, Narco?
8: Of course. Yeah. Okay. I might all have right. to get going at like 11.
4: Yes. No, we, 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 we end at 11. So, all right. Okay. Co- caller you're on the air can uh, we get your name hey this is uh kc from detroit kc good to hear from you buddy how you doing
9: wonderful wonderful and uh well i've, I've watched uh mr largo's uh last uh, uh broadcast and i wasn't able to get in in time but uh very fascinating uh and i got a quick comment on the winter white house which is in the in Florida as well. Yep. It's just a follow-up on the one... Uh, I told you the uh, the evidence that the Mar-a-Lago raid was actually a Q-op. Okay. Do, do you remember I told you
4: to look at the FBI photos? Uh, yes, I actually and do remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. Did you look at it and see the 17 black squares? Uh, yes, I, I do. Now, I mean, I haven't thought about it for a while, but yes, I remember that now. So I, I'm just a guy with... Accreditation and into detail. And I
9: think your guest is wonderful on extrapolation of evidence. And I just got a couple of really kind of open ended questions. Okay. But how does this evidence of whether Eden or Atlantis or both, um, how much do they confirm or contradict? Flat Earth theory. All right. Is it finding validation for one or the other with all his research and the, the findings? Um,
4: you're okay, talking let, about Florida. Let's, okay. let's get that one first. Go ahead. Any, com- now, any comment one way or the other on that one?
8: Now, if you were going to try and convince anyone that the Earth was flat, I think you'd have the highest success rate with a Floridian. would you you not okay so florida florida is a flat earth in my opinion and um now i am a geocentrist that's the way i like to put it instead of flat earth because when people hear flat they think they think this and -hmm. they think that that this is what we're on top of and we're just floating in space right and that there's space there's space on top and then there's space underneath
1: mm-hmm. and
8: you can, and you can fall off an edge. If you believe that you're retarded, that is not, the ca- that's not the case. However, if you've been willing to suck down the story that there's infinite sky and you've never questioned that you're in t- and I'm not speaking to either of you two, yes, but if you, if you've never questioned that mm-hmm. in your life, that the sky goes on forever, ball model or, or flat model, Both agree. Both actually do not question whether the sky goes on forever. You might say, oh, the firmament, but it goes on forever. Infinite sky escaping density. The higher you go up, the less dense. All I am going to put forth to you right now is that the same is true for what is beneath us. You have increasing density as far as you go down. That can be validated with human experience. You go down and down, it gets denser and denser. So, so you mean to tell me that it gets dense, 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 and then it what? It gets less dense, and you just come out on the other side in China? Okay, yeah. And oh, they know what it's composed of down there, Uh, though it's forty-two percent iron and fifty-two percent Biden jizz, right? They've they've (laughs) they've they've analyzed. I think you got to go way deeper. You got to go to the hunter layer. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's yeah. So that's that's the uh, (laughs) comp. comosphere cum- and then you, penet- <laughs> you penetrate that, and then you get the, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, all this yeah. stuff, they're laughing at us. They have us on a uh, complete BS model, and the the flat-earth model that most people have seen is BS2 that's made you designed to think you're going to fall off an edge. That is BS2, and that can be used just as much of a psyop as the heliocentric globe model that was funded by Jesuits, Medicis, go look up all these people that are, oh, I'm sucking all these balls that the, that the Medicis were pumping out of their, their um, Jesuit funded, you know, uh, think tanks back mm-hmm. in the 15, 1600s. We're just letting those balls bounce around in our face. These, oh, the balls, the spheres. Oh, I love it. Science. Oh, I'm all in. Yeah, baby. Well, what if I told you? That all of that was funded by the Medicis,
0: Mm -hmm.
8: okay, by the same royal families and Jesuits that gave you evolution, okay, that gave you just about everything that got us where we are today, the gross base materialism, okay. This comes from the same people, and space is a vital component in their anti human agenda. You are a meaningless, meat eating monkey. That killed everything in its way and got very lucky, has gotten increasingly lucky for no reason whatsoever with no intelligent, you know, um, responsibility, with no moral responsibility, with no aim as a species, with no blessings from a higher power with no interest in a higher power or just a meat-eating monkey from outer space on a rock for no reason, and then you're expected to live like a good life and act like a upstanding person. Okay, well, I don't blame you if you, fuck, if you blow your head off and go crazy and shoot up a school for living on that model. The model I'm putting forth, the Garden of Eden model, you have infinite uh, Mother Earth beneath you, infinite Father Sky above you, my model of the universe is the tree, that tree, you know, let's take an oak tree. For example, it has a typically, you know, the, the, um, roots spread out as much as the branches do. So you'll see that yeah. trunk trunk go up and the branches, the branches reach out and grab the sky and suck out the nourishment from the sky, the fire, they take the fire and the air right out of, right out of the sky the leaves and the branches. And whenever you say, say he or God, you point up in the sky. Well, whenever you say mother earth and what does the word mother mean? It means mud material, madre, right? Mother. So that's mother earth. Everyone points down always, always. Oh, absolutely. So they they control
9: the educational narrative mm -hmm. for what, you know, we think might, since you're using the Bible, obviously, as a reference point, uh, my question is, how much has been censored, you know, the missing books of the Bible, if you've read any of them or just even taken a glossary, you know, view of them, how much of the Garden of Eden, as you know, uh, or Atlantis, any of that spoken to it being in Florida, because obviously the other Side to look at is this you know cradle of man life is africa you've got noah in that whole area you've got the floods you've got everything happening around the civilization being so far away it's like uh the garden of, not the garden of the atlantis being the eye of the sahara and Mauritania. you know it's like they're trying to throw that as atlantis yes. so yes. that would be your mm. your your beginning so what in the missing books, because we don't know we don't have access to all the written words, you know. So what are you finding that corroborates and confirms that it's in Florida and not the Middle East or in Africa?
4: OK, and just I, I go ahead and answer. But then that's we're going to have to hang up and take the next caller because he's got a hard deadline at 11. So go ahead, Narco.
8: So, um, you know, missing books are a good place to start. I would also um Argued the uh, all books of the Bible missing, taken out, um, hidden. You know, regardless, have been adapted from Greek mythology. Okay, people think Hebrew is older than Greek. That's not true. The only thing older than Greek is Phoenician, and the Phoenician Phoenicians came to America. Certainly, they'll tell you that themselves. Well. Book of Enoch. I'll give you. I'll give you a connection here. Enoch. Sure. Okay, you have in the um, Celtic account. You have Prince Madoc, Madoc, coming to America, potentially, and seeding uh, much of the Cherokee races, Joe Cherokee um, tribes, or different tribes. The Mandan tribe. The Mandan tribe is the Welsh natives of. Of America. Well, that's Madoc. Then you have in the Mormon account, you have Og or Ock. So you have Ock, Madoc, and Enoch, right? You could also look at the word Enoch as a telephone game of Noah, Noah, with a H at the the end. Then you could see it as the same story being told um, with a different set of characters. As the, um, but as for just any book of the Bible, you know, why not go straight to the source, which is the Greek mythology? And it's not the original source, but it, you'll you'll find it with much of its elements still intact. Whereas if you're going to read a Bible, read the King James Version Bible, original King James Version uh, text, language, don't have it, grammar fixed or adapted. He, King James Version Bible, original, what is it, 1612 or 1616? um, Is your go to Bible as an English speaker. Take it from me. That was ordained by Queen Elizabeth, who was a fan of the metaphysics, of the mysteries, uh, sages, mystics. She was not a closed minded person, whatever you want to say about her. And she wanted to make out of pride and out of out of patriotism and and love for her language or what she was she was actually helping create the english language um funding different scholars like john d francis bacon those people would end up becoming what we know of as shakespeare and stuff like this and shakespeare the complete works of shakespeare was what uh landed on the chopping block or didn't make it past the chopping block landed on the cutting floor for the uh king james version bible they were only made about a decade apart or so and uh those two cemented the english language as the dominant language of the planet um and
9: uh, anything
4: to be said about Mauritania and the eye of the Sahara. Uh, though. Uh, we're going to we got to check out the last the last show. I believe we talked about that there, but we've got to take this last caller. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for watching.
9: Thank you, Zach. Thank All you, right, Dr. Largo. Have a right, good
4: one. God bless. We'll see you. OK, <clears throat> final anything caller.
5: Caller, on you're on the air.
4: Make sure you uh, mute that uh, stream. Uh, check out the web. And you are the final caller. We've got six minutes left. So what is your question for Dr. Longo?
0: Dr. Longo, tell me more about the West Coast of Florida. I'm a Texan who bought 10 acres in what I call the armpit, just the shape of it. And I just can't tell you how horrible Florida is. I'm lying. I love it.
4: (laughs) No, you never never want to buy land. Don't you're not going to want to come here and buy land. It's terrible. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So
8: hang on. Do Do you know where the vast majority of athletes in this country come from? professional no i do not professional and collegiate especially contact or team sport nba and nfl i'm primarily talking about but you could throw your baseball in there as well um you know where the vast majority of high performing um first round draft picks come out of in both of those sports the vast majority I have, overwhelming I have to majority, say majority texas and florida it's either florida with football or sorry um southeast united states with basketball and texas and florida with football overwhelmingly this is Mm -hmm. these it's not just it's there's good genes there there's good genes but it is the nourishing aura of florida it is the food here has higher mineral higher a nutrient content than in California, because everything in California is artificially irrigated and artificial. Artificially, all the California food is shit. Don't buy it. Send it back. It is nutrient deficient. It is you're being ripped off. It's Trader Joe's fucking, (laughs) (laughs) Pfizer food. It's Pfizer.
4: Whereas T R A I T O R
8: Joe's (laughs) the the veg the vegetables and fruits and water of Florida is so nourishing that. it's It's magical. It's medicinal in its application, you know. So, it's no coincidence that they were, 500 years ago, they were saying, Jesus Christ, the people here are over six and a half feet tall, all of them. Even the Seminoles up until 1960, up until their full westernization were six foot four, average, living to 100 years out in the wild, eating nothing but shellfish and yams and we you know, uh, palm hearts and, you know, no AC barefoot all day. Living it's a better all. place to be. Exactly. So what can
0: you tell me about the Suwannee River, River Valley?
8: The Swanee River is where we get the word uh, sauna. The word sauna has its origin in the Suwannee River because you'll find many sulfur baths along the Suwannee River. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah. find, um, so Suwannee means sauna, sauna and Suwannee is just a native uh word for sauna so this is an ancient ancient therapeutic uh land of healing that people have always been coming to warriors and there's springs rulers. these beautiful yeah. springs, springs everywhere yes yes and but but the Suwannee river is is special because it's not necessarily the crystal spring water it's more of these, no it's it's, yeah, it's more of the, it's sw- the color of Swanee. coffee exactly it's it's the yellowy. it's the more yellow sulfury water that has But the um,
9: ecosystem is is beautiful
8: yes i love the swanee river I grew up going there every summer
0: but uh um, well, i'm i'm blessed it, god god put me there for a reason so yeah anyway i'll let you go because i know you've uh you're getting ready to take off but it was nice talking to you thank you and god bless
4: God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate your call. Thank you so much. All right. uh, So we are right at the end of the show, guys. Let me go through these final thank yous uh, over on Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, Tam J bought me five coffees. I really appreciate that, Tam. Over on the Foxhole, Dog one said, nice home improvement. I'll show you uh, after the show, Narco. But I redid my fireplace, and it's pretty sweet. I uh, showed the audience before you got here. Pauly 9363 said, let's go, Brandon. Zoso dude 77 said, another great Saturday night with RP. I hope you're doing well, my brother. I hope you are too, Zoso. Good to see you out there. C Blanche with uh, uh, dropping a cookie. Polly said, Egyptian Ptolemaic dynasty established by Alexander the Great. I would love to put you in touch with my friend Harry who did some research uh, that uh, he, he believes that the tomb of Alexander the Great is in, um, is in I believe, southern Illinois. Uh, he, you can look up the Illinois caves and mm-hmm. all of the artifacts that were found in these caves, which include pieces from the Ptolemaic dynasty. Uh, any, anyways, I think you guys would get along. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. R.C. Anderson said, sunshine cookie. Rise the Tire says, Florida's got... Uh, boas, Gators, the worst Oxy problem in the country, Maniac Drivers, and Miami. Sorry, guys, I live in South Carolina. Okay, then I can understand the animosity. Uh, Sean Joe, thanks for the cookie. Tracy says, you and Lisa should meet me and Space Coast Patriot at Kennedy Space Center on Tuesday. I have spoken with Space Coast Patriot about potentially going to a, a, a shuttle launch there, Um but it's difficult for me to do that on a Tuesday because I got Occam's Razor earlier in the day Maybe on a Friday or something I could make that work. Nikaz808 says, Dr. Narco is becoming a regular here. Good stuff. And yes, uh, you are. I I enjoy it. I love our conversations and I love all the information that you're bringing. Even if not everybody agrees with you, uh, we don't need to necessarily agree on every point, but I mean, how are we ever going to come to truth if we don't have discussions about it and uh, and present the interesting things that we find which are outside of that mainstream narrative? I I think everybody should question everything, and uh, I appreciate you being here, Trisha also says, "I live very close to the Gulf of Mexico." Uh, Narco, as you know, at the end of the show, I'd like to ask my guests, "What would you like the audience to take away from tonight's conversation?"
8: Let's cast California back into the <laughs> pit that it belongs—the Pacific Ocean. Okay, let's (laughs) let's finish the wall on the southern border. Then let's put up the the wall on our western border.
4: (laughs) That's great. I have a friend who is deeply involved in the new California movement, which would essentially mean that uh, the 95 percent of the landmass of the state of California would secede from the original California proper. And it would leave that remaining landmass into three little islanded uh, uh, sections of land. Democratic. Hell, hell holes. Yes. yes. Demo- so the, Democrat hell holes. It would be like San Francisco, Los Angeles, and I think Sacramento. So those three little spots would be the original California. You mean, you mean Chop, Chaz, and Chiz? Yes, yes, yes exactly. So they would keep all of the debt, they would keep all of the mismanagement, and then the rest of the state would uh, elect new leaders, new state government, uh, totally new legislature. We would also get like half of the electoral votes because of the population distribution. Anyways, it's happening right now. They are sending delegates to Washington, D.C. to propose themselves uh, seceding from California. So we may have 51 states here very soon. Uh, Narco, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you?
8: uh old world florida on youtube there you go old old underscore world underscore florida on instagram and uh
4: yeah all right in that case uh i will ask you to subscribe to Old World Florida, and follow Old World Florida, and you can see the uh, uh, pretty awesome videos that he puts out on a regular basis. Check them out. He's got a great big back catalog, and if you're down in Florida, hit me up. Maybe we can do some lunch. All right, Narco, I got more questions for you, but I know you got to go. So thanks for being here. Good luck, everyone at home, and God bless. We'll see you on Monday.